hello thank you for listening to and watching and loving uh you had options this episode i have my buddy bradley thomas turner on um he recently put out an album it is called uh the sounds of bradley thomas turner a major motion picture original soundtrack um it's a soundtrack to a movie that doesn't exist and i love it um yeah really enjoy this conversation with him he's uh toured around with the handsome scoundrels a lot helping us out with video stuff and moral support and um various um talcum powdering issues and stuff like that but yeah make sure to check him out on instagram it's at bradley thomas turner you can go check out his very cool website it is um bradleythomasturner.com yeah make sure to check out his his new motion picture uh soundtrack wherever you get your music you will enjoy it make sure to follow you at options on instagram at you at options make sure to subscribe comment rate review all that shit um find us on youtube yeah hope you enjoy thank you Thanks for joining me again. Oh, God damn it. Brad, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Uh, this is We're doing a reshoot. Oh, so you're going to be honest about I, the... I try to be honest. Yeah. Do you want to give the backstory? Or that I This is actually my third is episode. This I mean, my second, oh, right. second solo, my third appearance on the pod. Uh, is it working? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just get nervous. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. no don't don't uh, mind me. Uh, I came on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And ended up monologuing about <laughs> Blank Check for like an hour and a half. And uh, Blank Check the movie. I don't know why you're trying to uh, trying to bury it. Like, I don't know if you're in bed with, uh, with I don't know, one of Blank Check's competitors. <laughs> <laughs> you have a stake in this? Who would play? Uh, but uh, yeah, he just we decided to redo the episode. Who who would be blank checks competitors like? Um, Winston Winston Morris or whatever. Yeah, is that the kid's name? I don't know. Uh, isn't, uh, isn't that a cigarette company? As, oh yeah, maybe. I was trying to think of another movie that could. Uh, first, like, oh, first Dunstan kid checks in isn't getting enough. Dunstan, oh Dunstan. yeah, first kid is a good one. It's definitely. Yeah. the same tier of uh, production value and just a much worse movie. But we also talked about that. I'm not going to talk about it Okay. this time. Okay. What's, if people want to see that, uh, I think if people want to hear that podcast, they can just, I don't know, start a hashtag or something. <laughs> okay. On your, you have like a subreddit, I yeah. think, on Re- your fans. Release the, the, the Brad cut. Yeah, release yeah. the... 
the tapes. Yeah. Yes. What What's your top tier Disney movies from the nineties? Oh, the top the S tier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, where does the term S tier come from? Is that because I've only seen it in like weird Japanese video games, so I didn't know if that's like the origin of that. Because I've been hearing that a lot. Like S tier is the top. It's the top tier for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Is it uh, a programming thing? Maybe I don't know. Maybe I know in the in some game I was playing, they had your skills went up to A and then S once yeah. you like fully did it. Um, I mean, we're just gonna end up having the same podcast as last time, but heavyweights okay. obviously. I don't care. Yeah. S tier. Yeah. Heavyweights is like uh, as good as it gets. I think so. You know, in terms of like a kids movie, uh, it's like unironically good still holds up yeah this it's not too problematic i mean i'm sure it's like a little bit problematic but <laughs> compared ter- to compared to blink check i think it's yeah it's He's, nothing. Uh, ben stiller's terrorizing fat fat children yeah and it's not uh at their exp- the joke's not really at their expense mm, that's true sorry i had to get my plug in <laughs> perrier yeah they pay me uh yeah i mean all of those movies are so problematic when you go back and watch them so heavyweights to be existing in a uh like a dangerous territory mm. to so easy be like easily could be body shaming or whatever right but it's not it's a celebration <laughs> it's a so that's yeah just, like that's what they learn in the end that's that, like they should just be happy it's, it's okay to be happy yeah um yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I feel like I gave all my takes on this though already on the previous. Well, with the previous one episode isn't getting released, yeah. But if you get me started, it's going to be like another hour of of blank check. Well, blank check was just a a bad movie from just a movie standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I think all of those all of those movies except for heavyweights, yeah, are technically bad movies. Yeah, Little Giants. Yeah. It's insane. Uh like all the sports ones. Rookie of the year, little big league. Um I get those two mixed up. One is the kid breaks, breaks his, his arm, arm and can pitch really fast. The other one the kid becomes the manager of a uh, that's professional right. team because he like inherits it or something. <laughs> or like wins a contest <laughs> right. or something. And now he manages the it's like the Cubs or the Cubs somebody. Or yeah, I think Rookie of the Year he pitches for the uh, he pitches for the Twins for some reason. It seems like they always had like licensed, yeah, real teams. <clears throat> and uh, and the other thing was that they were always um, they were never competing for the World Series for some reason. They were always trying to win the pennant. Yeah, which is like the step before the World yeah. Series. Yeah. So it's like I I want to know why like did the World Series was it like a trademark they couldn't license oh, or something like maybe. that? Maybe. Um, there's more. There's more. But there's honor. lots of real teams though, and the yeah. and the thing. So they're licensing like the IP of the various professional teams, even like and some professional players like mm. like Barry Bond. He strikes out Barry Bonds in Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick. Rookie of the year, his throwing ability just goes away, or no, he gets hurt. So, again. Yeah, he gets hurt, 
and um, it makes it where his ligament, like a ligament in his arm, his elbow, <laughs> for some reason, right. is like super tight. Yeah. It's like it's like a rubber band that's like pulled the full yeah. tension, so he can throw really hard. And in the the game to win the pennant, um, he dives trying to catch a a foul ball, like a little pop up. Yeah. Foul ball. He dives, I think, to catch it, and he lands on the the uh, arm, right. and it and he hears it crack. Uh, and then he looks into the stands, and he sees his his, his single mother, yeah, right, who has always told him stories about his father being a great baseball player, yeah, and that's the glove that he wears. Mm. And in that moment, he or he like looks to her, and he's like, "It's it." Ha-, he like mouths it. He's like, "A hap, it's it's done." And she says, like, look in the glove or something like that. And he looks in and it has her name in it. Whoa, Turns out she was the, she was she was the, the pitcher. Yeah. What? So but he decides. A, so he, the last pitch, he does a slow ball. Right. Uh, yeah. He uh, loves uh, it in. Yeah, like an Evis or whatever they called it. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, the batter is just, like, this utterly monst- perplexed. This yeah. monster He of looks a guy. like Goldberg or something. Yeah. And he swings, you know, so hard and, and like like a professional hitter which is that would blow their mind so much i can't yeah it's not like he throws it overhand really yeah. fast and it comes out slow he's straight up underhand right like granny shots it um it doesn't make sense so uh, but. i can see the the batter because he's like licking his lips i remember that yeah he's like nasty spitting spitting tobacco yeah they like really portray that in a nasty way. Yeah. I mean, as they should. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to judge anyone. Tobacco shame. Yeah. I mean, but it's gross. It's pretty gross. But it's tough. It's pretty hard. Yeah. If you're, if you got to carry around a bottle, a Dasani bottle to spit in. Yeah. That being said, I'm just carrying around a Perrier, Perrier do, bottle. Do you think anybody uses a Perrier bottle for their spittoon? Uh, yeah, probably some like French. The French, some French guys. I was yeah, say. some like classy French people who dip don't have the association that we have. Right, where it's just like really gross and redneck. There's French rednecks. I'm, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know of them, but I'm sure they exist. I'm sure there's the equivalent, like French sailors or something. They're like really tough and scary. Yeah, and they're wearing the striped, the striped shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like from a, just like mimes, Little Mermaid. Or, yeah, uh, uh, I ran. I was in Switzerland one time, and I uh, bumped into a French man who, uh, like, I was just like walking in a really crowded area. This guy kind of walked into me, and I think, I mean, I guess he was drunk. Yeah, and um, I kind of like tapped him on the shoulder, and was just like, "My bad." Yeah, which is just like. Like I think a pretty like American thing to do right. to like put your hands on someone that That's you don't true. know. Yeah. And he got really mad. And I remember he turned around and he was just like, I'm a very bad man. I'll kill you. <laughs> oh, fuck. But he wasn't like intimidating at all. He's kind of old. So I was just like, okay, whatever. And then he, then he was like, let me buy you tequila. <laughs> wow. This is a roller coaster. It. Yeah. I didn't do it, but no. um, it was cool. French people are cool. This guy kind of sucked, but <laughs> hey, man, it's cultural experience. I guess. You gotta, you know, one one bad baguette, you know, doesn't ruin the whole. <laughs> what's what's a uh, bouquet of yeah, baguettes? The whole bouquet of baguettes. The yeah. baker's dozen. The baker's dozen. Yeah, yeah all thirteen. 
But uh, <laughs> you have a new album that's out. That's correct. For a uh, for a movie soundtrack, right? Yeah. What, how a, would you describe it? Um, I would describe it as a fake a fake movie soundtrack. Okay. Or a play on the idea of a movie soundtrack, if you will. Shit. Um. Yeah, it's it's like a soundtrack, kind of, but it's also not because to make a film score, you should be scoring it to picture. Right. Like that should be the thing. That's what makes it a film score, not because right. it just sounds like it should be. Um. Which is something I'm like into and. Right. You know, like love that world, but I don't always get to work on films that I like mm. or, or even define the kind of films I like. It's like really difficult. So what do you think the, your, what's your ideal film you would want to work on? I mean, or is it just kind of whatever mood you're in at? I mean, definitely like just could you do like suspense? Could you do horror? I, I. Do you have any I de- have. desire? Um, I think I could if it were like really cool. And I mean, most of the time when you're you're trying to like get into film scoring or whatever, you end up scoring a lot of student films, and those usually aren't very good. Right. Like like they might be good production value sometimes, like surprisingly story, good yeah. production value. Yeah, but the actual you're like. They know a lot about cameras and stuff, yeah. but the actual story is just like very, I don't know, not impressive, but yeah. it's cause they're not really making the short film out of like a passion. They're making this short film to like show off their, like their abilities, yeah. you know? So it's, I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, there are lots of different kinds of films that have like really cool scores. Like if you think of the witch or something like that, the Vavitch? yeah, they yeah. can have like a, you know, there's, right a lot of possibilities for like a, a score for a film like that to not be really boring and cliche. But most of the time when you're doing like a student film or something, they're just like cliche. wanting the most cliche thing right, possible. Right. What, um, uh, usually ripping off something. That's art, bro. Yeah. It's part of it. Part of it. What, uh, is there a movie that comes to mind that was a good story, but bad music, mm. bad, bad score? Uh, I mean, every kind of like, uh, I mean, the first thing that popped into my head was just like every kind of crime documentary. Ooh, yeah. Like they all have the worst music. Yeah. Because I think that either they're not hiring people to make the music and they're just like licensing like generic suspense music or whatever. Um, But where you're like, wow, this is like so good. The story is great. This is like fascinating. But the music's so cheesy. Yeah. Uh, Which I understand like, uh, there's that's a lower like the, standard for like television. Yeah, I think that's probably like the last item on the list of things to do is like, yeah. And I mean, it's that way in most like music is like the last thing to happen. Pretty much mm-hmm. everything else has been decided except for in situations where, um, I, I mean, I've, there, there are famous, I think situations where like a certain composer, a filmmaker, like liked a composer and, Oh, yeah. kind of like worked with them early on like i know punch drunk love if you've ever seen that adam, uh, adam sandler yeah uh 
and I mean, I believe it was Paul Thomas Anderson that made it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he went, and John Bryan did the music, who okay. I love. He's like one of my favorite film composers. And okay. they, like early on in the process, he, Paul Thomas Anderson told him like, oh, I, I kind of like, I know I want you to do the music and there's like certain things I want, but I want to like film it uh really like rhythmic he had like rhythmic ideas for the music that he yeah. wanted and he wanted those to like inform them while they were shooting it uh, to be like you know not in not in the edit are we going to make it like have this pace but we're going to be like working at this pace while we're filming yeah. so even before they started shooting he had uh John Bryan make like loops of stuff that had that kind of like rhythmic feel mm. that he liked and he would like listen to it on set and be thinking about that like while he was yeah while he was in the always vibing and stuff yeah. he's catching a vibe yeah. before they start filming but i love that kind of stuff like that's like my ideal situation it would be like somebody has a film they think i'm good for it and they're like wanting to like I, i'm into film music because I love music, but also because I love movies. Like it, it's, right. it's like, I like the, the world of filmmaking. So it, it's like, I like the opportunity to be part of the process more than just, you know, coming in at the end. Yeah. All right. They're like, yeah, it's, we've done everything. It's edited. We've got temp music and just like make the fake version of it, please. Right. That just is just different enough that we can like not get sued. <laughs> that doesn't like interest me that much. Right. I like having like I don't know. There's a film I'm a short film I'm working on. I'm doing music for right now, and it felt more like that. Like we worked on the music early on in the Ooh, process. Yeah, uh, like they had already filmed it, but there was still a lot of stuff to kind of be decided. And it was like it felt like there were early steps where it was like coming up with like how the music would sound and what the themes mm. kind of were and things like that. Yeah which then like the person editing it can kind of get those and have some, there's a little bit more like back and forth. Yeah. Like they see this and they go, Oh, that gives us like a whole new idea, you know? Right. It's not the most efficient way to work because then you get a new edit and everything you made is like, okay. Uh, it's especially at least certain types of music, especially wouldn't be good. But I think the way I'm working, I can, it is okay to do that, but it's definitely like, like I have the final cut now or wow. at least like the picture lock and it's like a lot of uh, a lot of adjustment to like use what we were already working on and figure out how to make it fit the new cut. That's cool. Yeah. How did this person just hit you up? This director? Um, this person actually the during the when the pandemic started, I kind of one of my goals because I was like, I'm going to have a lot of time to work on stuff was to right. redo my website and, um, your only fans. Yeah. My only fans, uh, just like better content, get right to what people want. Um, I almost, I almost said something really gross, but I didn't want to break, I didn't want to break up the thought. Uh, well, I just like wanted to work on my website. Like I hadn't, I feel like I'm not really good at self promotion. It's something. tough. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do. It's, I struggle with it and cause you just feel like, well, at least for me when I'm doing it, I 
just feel like a fucking tool and i'm just like yeah it's hey, it, feels gross, it feels gross it feels gross you see so much like awful self-promotion on the internet like on social media yeah. and stuff is and this what i look like when i'm asking people to listen to my podcast yeah exactly it's like really hard and uh i kind of i felt like i went through phases where i would uh sort of at the end of grad school i was like oh now i gotta get serious about promoting myself and yeah I did it and I didn't really, I kind of like had a website. I worked on it a bit. I felt like I didn't have it. uh, I didn't have any results from that though, which is what most people like would kind of tell me like mentors and stuff I have would be like, Oh, the website is like you meet someone, you make some kind of connection. Then the website is where they go and they like find out stuff about you and here. If they like you, nobody's just going to go to your website and see it and be like, I like this person. Let's, let's get to know them or whatever. Um, so I I never had good results, but I think I kind of learned a lot in the last couple years and had more stuff that I was proud of to show off for sure. And, um, so I kind of like went started from scratch, and since my girlfriend is a great artist, and shout you know, out, yeah, really, shout out to Hate Mail, to, yeah, to Cat, yeah, the best, and I knew she could like help me out a lot, like right. visually and things like that, and um, she did all the art for me. Yeah, she did all the art for you. Did all you, the art for my website. You did, you did the animation from her art for the video. Yeah. yeah. So we did like a. I mean, similar to what we did for your podcast, we kind of did the same thing for my website, like a a full oh, yeah. design kind of thing and sort of leaned in a little bit more to, I mean, I, I would say, oh, I want to like score this certain type of film. Right. But I also wasn't like promoting myself in that way. I was like trying to like do what it seems like people say you're supposed to do, which is like show all the different things you can do and Your range. Yeah. Oh, you got to be able to do everything and you got to be a chameleon and all this stuff. And it's like, the truth is I'm really, really bad at that. Yeah. And, um, I feel like I can't help but be myself for better or for worse. <laughs> so it makes more sense to just sort of like be like, Hey, this is what I do. Yeah. If you like it, cool. If you don't, then just like go away, leave yeah. me alone. You're, you're a, you're a white salamander. Yeah. <laughs> white salamander. Yeah. Uh, but, and led Joseph Smith to the, to, to, to the, the book plates, of Mormon, to the book. Uh, but yeah, I, I so anyway, long ways to say, I, I kind of like worked a lot on my website and then I had like a list of people I wanted to reach out to who I was like, these are people I like really want to work with that. I'm like, this would be huge for me. Um, and so this one filmmaker who I'd seen her work a lot and mm-hmm. I was really like, like, uh, I feel like I'm like a, the, a great fit to work with this person. And yeah. it's like, you know, it wasn't just like, a, oh, I'm going to reach out to anyone who has anything going on, but it was just more of a blow, targeted thing. Yeah, you weren't doing like a blanket, like just fucking. Yeah, or just like anyone. like, And it's especially the world of like composers. There, It's like the film music world is really oversaturated. So every filmmaker says like they get just inundated like yeah. with with cold emails right but i worked hard on my like kind of like approach to that kind of stuff and like kind of like fired a few shots off bruh, into bruh. the air yeah, yeah just like let's see what happens and that's how i met this let that this, go yeah i like got in touch with this filmmaker because i really loved her work yeah. and i was just like oh i feel like if she 
here's what I do. If she saw it. And sees like what I'm about. What and then, of. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what happened. Like she instantly yeah. was like, I, oh yeah, I like love, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. I th- and I think, uh, like you were just saying, uh, getting your, like how you are presenting yourself through like an email or something. Um, and making it, oh, making the person aware that this just isn't isn't a copy and paste like email that I'm just blasting everybody. Yeah, uh, that's especially with like bands and uh, that's that's how I try and operate with with sending out messages. I'm not just because people could tell, you know, and people are like, oh, oh well, yeah. I don't fucking okay. yeah. And I sort of realized um, I would before when I was doing some sort of cold email or applying for something I would always kind of hit this wall yeah number one I think we, I mean we've talked about this like I would like do a a lot at once right yeah, yeah. which is, is sort of burns you out and right. feels bad to be getting like, like rejected just, yeah. yeah you get like rejected 20 times or get no answer and it's just like oh, I just did so much work uh, but I think also in the situations you're applying to things you shouldn't you're just wasting your time probably um same with jobs i would spend a lot of time like trying to craft like trying to apply for things that i really didn't weren't right for me and trying to like shift my stuff to look like i did fit with it and it's like just wasn't working right and uh i kind of committed more to like i'm gonna you know get my website where i want it i'm gonna like think of how i want my like cold emails to look like I'm going to like design my cold email right to where like you see it and you kind of like get a lot of like at least of like my of my aesthetic or something like that and then I noticed before I would kind of hit this point where I would do a bunch of work to like reach out to someone and then one step along the way I would kind of be like I would I would not go full send or whatever gotta go like the email I would kind of like just be like hey uh, like what's up? You know, like I wouldn't like sup. I would just all commit. you. That's all you would send. Just yeah. sup? Question mark. Uh, a qu- sort of. You know, <laughs> but like I would be like I wouldn't like spend the time I needed to because it would be like I would start like doubting it, Brad. something like that. So I kind of got to the point where I was like, no, I have this. Like, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna send this to people. I'm only gonna do it if it's something I really want to do. Right. Feel good about doing and um, and it. You know, it's like it makes a lot more sense than sitting around being like, oh, I wish I could score the films that I like. It's like, oh, you can find the people who make the films you like. You got to you know, take some shots to try to like work with those people. Yeah, man. If you feel like you can do it. Um, You got to make it happen sometimes because. Yeah. You know, uh, I live in Alabama. There's not a lot of filmmakers here. It's true. Uh, and most stuff comes from just knowing people like it's, it's yeah, very it's rare connections. Yeah. Yeah. Like since I redid my website is the first time I've ever had situations where I'm just like reaching out to people and getting like, you know, great responses or whatever right. and like work and stuff. Same. Before yeah. that, it's almost always ever been like a friend of a friend or yeah. directly from something that I did that someone saw. Right. Yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah, the way you present yourself and it's obvious that, uh, you're not phoning it in. You're not just like, Oh, it's whatever, you know, yeah. on any of your stuff, like your, your website now and your, cause I had notes for your old website 
Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just joking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you should have given it to me. <laughs> I'm just joking. You're like, it'll crush him if I tell him the truth. Right. I could, yeah. I had to burn the paper. Yeah. I had to, I had a ceremony type thing. I was like, burned it and I let it, let it go. Uh, but no, it's um, the little things that you can control uh, of like looking professional and having your shit together. Yeah. Makes a huge difference to people. Well, I think some of it too is like the difficulty of promoting yourself is like, is that fear of like taking yourself too seriously? Yeah, for when sure. You see, when you see people, you know, on the internet just being so horrible, cringy, whatever. And I mean, we've all done it, like hate followed someone or whatever, because we're just like, wow, can you believe this Still person? They it. think yeah. someone cares about this dumb thing. And, right. Uh, which is probably not a great probably not like a constructive thing to be doing, but I think we've all done it. And, um, but there's something really disingenuous about doing it halfway. Like the kind of thing where you like, I mean, you are promoting yourself, but you're not just like fully committing. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't like strive for self-awareness and be like conscious of like, maybe someone doesn't, doesn't need to hear about this or maybe asking a lot of people who don't owe me anything. Yeah. Uh, but there is something really disingenuous about trying to pretend like you don't care about promoting yourself or whatever, right. or, or that you don't think that what you do is good. Uh, yeah, you it's like on some level you're doing that thing. You're no already one's forcing you. To you're do already it. there. Yeah. yeah. No one's like making your band record an album. You're doing it because you think the music is good or you enjoy it. And if right. you're sharing it in some sense, it's because you want people to hear it. Yeah. So why not, why pretend like it's is not the case? Right. Like that's a thing I think applies to like a lot of different areas. Like the thing I think Henry and I, Henry from Oslo. Shout out Henry. Yeah, Hank, Henry. AKA. Hank, French Henry. French Henry. Uh, they like we, when you're playing music that's kind of like sensitive, I think there's like this feeling that you should be like, it's like shy. It's like this like shy, sensitive, like oh, vulnerable music or whatever. But the truth is like, if you're getting on a stage, you're already there. You're like, you have to have some, if you want that to be successful, I think on some level you have to have some energy that's like, I am good. Yeah. I think you want to hear this. Yeah. If you don't, then it's like, why are you doing it? Like then you're just wasting, you're annoying people. You're just like filling up space or whatever. And it's, it's a hard balance if you don't, I mean, if you play aggressive music, it's sort of, they work hand in hand. Yeah. But I think even if you see like, I don't know if you like Sufjan, but like his live performances and stuff, like his music's so sensitive and sweet. When you see him live, it's like, he's kind of a rock star. Right. He's not obnoxious. He's very like, you know, he does his thing, but like he he knows that he's very very good he's, at what he does right, and he's yeah. confident and yeah. he's not like he's not on like stage a, being like oh don't look at me oh, or whatever please. yeah he knows he's the star right and you, yeah. i think it's okay to like you know like i said if you're going to play music if you're going to get Commit, on the stage man. then just like admit i want to be on stage you can't, that's okay you, you can't half step you can't dip your toe in yeah you and it's almost more obnoxious if you're trying to be like oh don't make uh, me bash, do it like it's bashful like, no one like, is making you do it right, you yeah. chose you chose yeah. to do this it's, uh yeah, it's not like you're 
whatever Morrissey in the early nineties where it's like, no, don't please yeah. touch me. Oh no, don't touch me. Yeah. You know, which uh, is just like, yeah, that's that whole in, in the modern era. Yeah. But it's even like, even like a, a thing where someone can do that on stage. They still have like a belief and an ability to like own it or something you right. know? or play the character. Yeah. Like you have to kind of have like a, like, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm sure there's, I don't want to say it definitively, but at least for me, that's like what I've, I feel like I've learned is like, if you're just doing it like afraid without some like confidence, it, it's really hard to be successful. Yeah. It's well, it's, it's tough to get there too. It took me a long time to get there with band stuff and just yeah. like, um, cause yeah, cause it's, it's precious to you, the thing yeah. that you're doing. And so you're like, you don't want to put yourself out there and have people be like, this fucking yeah, turd yeah, yeah, sandwich. Yeah. I uh, think that's why I like, I don't really do my own. Like most of the times I'm playing, it's just with other playing other people's music right. with them. And that's really enlightening. Like you, you learn a lot seeing the way other people handle performing their music right. for better or for worse. You sort of see the ways where you're like, the false modesty how it can come across or the or just overly precious or whatever it is right. you kind of like see it it's really easy to see it from the outside that being said if i had to do i don't really i used to play kind of my own songs i don't do that anymore um i don't i don't know if i could ever i was never quite able to do that when i was like doing my own songs mm. you know it's it's really hard to you know if you're the person who's like this is my music listen to my listen to me sing or whatever. I'm yeah. the star. It's, it's tough. I think. Yeah. It definitely sure. takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think most normal people are like, man, I don't want to be a fucking turd. I don't want to be like some, uh, you know, do you follow Riggs of dad? Mm-mm. It's, do you know Riggs of doom on Instagram? No. Riggs of doom is like a, um, like stoner metal like rig rundowns so these you know a three piece has like you know four ampeg ampeg eight by tens right and just you know a wall of amps type of deal and then there's rigs of dad which is like a a parody account where um they're (laughs) posting like like boomers who play like cover oh, yeah. songs, like they're like yeah, rigs. They're like they're, a three doors down cover band. Yeah, and they're yeah. they got like a you know whatever a, a yeah. line line six. Uh, yeah, that's solid tough. state. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough that world of like laughing, like. But you want to be like self aware, like that's yeah, what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah. You it's, want a, to, it's a total battle. It's yeah, you want to be self aware, but you also want to be confident and. It's, yeah. it's tough it's a tough yeah it's tough and it's hard to know how you're perceived by like other, other people. people like there's people who in real life like i love them and their internet the way they come across on the internet i'm like just can't deal with it bro i'm you right know? i'm sitting we're ta- literally <laughs> talking you. i see your post there are many people i've unfollowed people who i like like not i'm not unfollowed but maybe like muted or something because yeah. i realized like oh it's not worth it to like damage my friendship with this this person because of how like dumb what they post is yeah. or like the tone because they don't right. realize how it sounds right they're not i know 
they're not like this in real life. Right. It's just like something about their writing style or something like that. It just like makes them look or sound like an idiot or sound, you know, yeah, whatever. They don't have self-awareness in that realm. Yeah. I'd rather unfollow them than like, you know, yeah. The next time I see them in person, be thinking like, oh, this fucking, this yeah. idiot. Yeah. Why'd you have to post that? Like, yeah. Okay. You just shut up. <laughs> it's just, no, why? Man. Why'd you have to do it? Freedom of speech, bro. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. great. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. I had to leave uh, the, you know, to, to the listeners. We're neighbors. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a local Facebook group in this for this neighborhood, and um, I had to leave it because it was driving me insane. Yeah, because of uh, the dumb shit that people post. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really bad about being bothered by stuff I see on the internet, and then choosing to keep looking at it. Right. Like, yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Just even like that. Uh, I'm happy to say that I quit using, pretty much quit using Facebook. I'm three months clean. Yeah, I'm clean. Uh, Get my, they, my, yeah, there was like a study you could sign up for where they would pay you to not use Facebook. Yeah. So I did that and uh, instantly like felt so much better. Yeah. Facebook in particular. But I mean, I feel like I do the same thing on Instagram. Yeah. But like I, I do know that you can find anyone on Facebook and I would have these times where I would think I would like encounter someone in the wild and be like, Oh, I bet their Facebook is fucking is insane. insane. And yeah. then I would look it up and then I would be like screenshotting and be like sending it to my friends be like, look at this, look at this, look at this shit. crazy person. Yeah. And then it's just like, what good is this? Yeah. That's it's not good that's for not me. Healthy. <laughs> it's yeah. not, you know, it's not like it's, it's I'm toxic. not, they're not going to change. I'm not like encounter, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just, Really, really unhealthy. Yeah. Like most of the internet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, and it's, it's tough doing, um, anything creative or, um, yeah, just creative stuff because you want people, you want traction and you want sure. the, the internet currency of people sharing and liking yeah and shit. you want validation too right like yeah, you yeah. want people to tell you good job right yeah. i see you i, I see, see what you do i see you yeah yeah, yeah you want to be seen it's right. a good feeling um i don't know I, I it's all all of technology i feel like i'm in like a a lot of who i am it, there's there's like a lot of things in conflict which is like, I'm so reliant on technology. Right. Which is not like a, you know, a bold mission, but like, uh, but even like the, the music that I make, like the work that I do, I couldn't, I really feel like I couldn't exist in any other, uh, period of like time. I don't know that I could be, I don't know that I would be a composer 60 years ago or whatever. Mm. Um, because of the way you can't the the flexibility and the being the sort of like introverted person who isn't going to just like boldly go out and and proclaim to the world that I'm good I'd rather sit alone in my room and like work on it for like a long time yeah. and then before I let anyone know about it or something like that um 
a lot of the ways that I work and the ways that I exist couldn't have happened in any other period of time so far. So I simultaneously like hate a lot of things about technology. I hate thinking about um, digital recordings of music, and I and uh, why? Well, there's just like something inherently dishonest about we live in like a weird time where what do you mean sorry what do you mean digital like digital like well uh, like using like i guess it goes deeper stuff or like what do you uh, i mean like the process of converting like a sound to a digital signal so like an analog to digital conversion gotcha i mean it's like comparing um and I say this, like I work in the digital realm, like fully, like right. I, I don't record on anything except for the computer. Right. Even if I record like onto a tape or something, I'm still just going to put it on the computer right. to edit it and, uh, you know, distribute it. Um, similar to like a film photograph compared to like a digital photograph. If you zoom in close enough on a digital photograph, you just can see a bunch of dots. Yeah. You know, and a film image is like, the actual light like burned onto that film. Mm, Yeah. And digital, when, when a sound is converted to digital, it's like, if you zoom in far enough, you're going to see see little, the the little, yeah, Yeah. little bites, like little, uh, you know, I think most of the time now people are recording like 48,000, like 48 kilohertz. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a lot of samples. It's sampling at like an extremely high speed, but it's still like, and we live in a time where most of the stuff you hear is like recorded. You don't hear that much stuff like directly from people. Like you hear like all the music you listen to is recordings of it. Yeah. All the shows you watch obviously are coming through like a TV. Most of the time when you talk to your friends, especially in like the age of COVID, probably like over the phone or something. So it's, it's strange to think about hearing fake versions of everything because ultimately what you're hearing compared to an actual like sound right and then like an analog recording at least there's some like interaction between like this medium that's recording it and like an actual sound that's happened so that's why like an overdrive or something like that can sound really cool um as opposed to like when something digital like overdrives you're just reaching the cap of the amount of data that can yeah. be there. So it's, there's nothing, nothing is getting recorded. Um, but it's like strange to think that there were times when nothing was recorded. Um, yeah. All sounds like existed in the moment and then they just died. Yeah. And every sound, which I mean, every sound is a sound happens. It's fully unique. Yeah. Defined by wherever it takes place. Yeah. The sorry. Go on. Yeah. So it's like even if I like snap my fingers three times, that's three different sounds. And it's gone. They're yeah. gone, and we can record them, which is great, but that recording of that is not. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Has to like be treated like it's a different thing. It's true. So we live in this realm where like we record everything and we pretend that it's like that we're like it's real it's real yeah Yeah. whereas like i think it's cooler to just like accept like no this is just a different thing 
Uh, it's like uh, you can spend a lot of time trying to make things sound. It's like, oh, I want to listen to the recording. I feel like I'm in the room with the band or whatever. Right. But it's like it's kind of like a lie. Like you're not. They're not there. They probably recorded this at different times. Yeah. There is a sense like there's a reason you want to like capitalize on the sound of a bunch of people in a room. It's not a bad thing to like utilize because it it does like bring it to life and make it feel real. But there is something weird to me about like, uh, I don't know, like trying to fool people. That's sort of what a lot of recordings do. Do you, but is it malicious? Is it nefarious? Do I don't think it's like intentionally nefarious necessarily. I think it's, um, but I think it's like a problem or like, or at what's, least it like, that, the, it's a, it's bore. It's, it's disappointing to me because, um, it's like, there's just something, I mean, there, there are inherent problems with the world of electronics, like thing, like, right. If we went back far enough, the loudest sounds on Earth weren't really that loud. Like maybe a volcano erupting. I think I've heard things about that than being like extremely loud. But for the most part, any person now can generate like more sound than would have been like physically possible. Yeah. Not very long ago. Right. Um, so like... Yeah, vehicles for instance are extremely loud or the the ability to amplify sound with like a microphone like we can right. essentially make anything as loud as we want it right there's not really like a limit to the volume and the more sound you create the more opportunity you kind of destroy for other sounds as well as the more sounds exist kind of like in a vacuum where they're just digital recordings and people are listening to them the less like interaction with real sound there is in the world interesting and in nature so i think if you went back in time allegedly or there's some evidence of this um that like various writers from different cultures would actually write about sound in different ways so like according to like where they lived the way they would describe the sound of the sea would be much different it's like someone who lived near glaciers might the way they would describe the sound of the water was going to be a lot different than someone who lived right by a mountain. Cause right, it's like yeah. these sounds literally are affected by the environments that they're in. Yeah. And so we're like more and more moving to times where it's just like everything sort of, we don't think about sound at all. We don't really like, it's true. We just sort of like stick things in our ears that just send sound like directly to our brains constantly, constantly, which is cool. You can create your soundtrack, right. which is nice. And I totally do that. Um, but I don't know. There's just something kind of like, I feel like you like lose that a little bit. And then it seems like things start sounding the same. Like it's like the voice has to sound this like very certain way now. Yeah. Or the average person it's just like, can't have it. It right. feels like, like every pop singer right, yeah. has to be like auto-tuned to death yeah, and compressed to where it sounds like you might as well be playing a sampler. Yeah. And if you don't do that, 
it's not gonna it's sell. not gonna be on yeah. the radio right. or whatever and that and that eventually just sort of yeah it, it's it's like things are it, it starts to destroying the d- diversity of sounds and then from an artistic perspective i do think there's something weird about trying to trick people um which is like telling people oh this is this person's voice mm. and it's like it is not it is not their voice yeah if you heard them sing and what's what ends up happening like you you a video comes out of whatever pop singer really singing. And, and it really singing everyone's like oh listen to them bomb and it's like no that's just what they sound like you've just never right. you've never heard them before right um but sort of i i think even in films i was really interested in a lot of filmmakers a lot of like french filmmakers from the 60s like french new wave right they were I think a lot of them started as like film critics and they like developed like film theories before they even like started, like they were like literally like watching films, writing about them before they kind of like developed their like philosophies and then started making films. But they thought in the realm of film that it was like you were in contempt of the audience if you tried to make people forget that they were watching a film, Mm. which is definitely like a big thing now. Like, right everything's almost like hyper realistic. Yeah. There's not a lot of like stylization. Yeah. It's a lot of, uh, even if you're watching like a ridiculous superhero movie or whatever, the way it's filmed, like you're not seeing like the way it's shot. It's like, they want you to forget that you're watching a movie. And those guys were like, that's like, that's wrong. And maybe even like morally, I think, or like ethically or unethical, I rather, because, you're trying to trick people. Films are like inherently manipulative. So is sound like on a very like deep level. And you're sort of trying to trick people like how, like that's not, that's there's something wrong there. So a lot of those French filmmakers were doing things constantly to like remind people this is a movie right? Like the text on the screen, even something you wouldn't see now. Like you, you don't see too much text on the screen. Yeah. You know, they were doing like all these stylistic things or even like having, or like, uh, like jump cuts, like, like, uh, cuts that would happen that totally, uh, broke continuity or whatever. Um, it was like, no, don't forget. This is a movie. Like I'm a filmmaker. I'm telling you watch this thing and like, listen to it. And you know, it's sort of like being respectful of the people watching it. Cause it's like, I'm already make like, I, I have an intention with this. I'm saying, right. look at this screen, hear this sound, try to, f- I want you to feel this way. The least I can do is kind of be like, and just so you know, it's me doing this. Like it's a film. It's not real life. But shouldn't people know? Uh, I think, I the- think subconsciously, like you get like lost in it. Right. Of. Yeah. But I think still. everyone's felt that way. Yeah. And I think just from the standpoint of the creator, just sort of being like, no, I like, I want to like not rely on that. Like in a sense, they were also like, it's cheap. Like me trying to like trick you and you forgetting or whatever. Yeah. You know? So I, I even think that way about, I guess like music. Like I really thought I really don't, I don't want to make stuff that's like trying to trick people. Okay. Like, I don't want someone to, like, listen to it. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But, like, uh, even, I mean, as I say this, I remember Neil Young 
originally was like really against stereo recordings. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard him talk about that before, mm-hmm. but same kind of thing. He was like, it's an illusion. Right. He's like, you know, you're, you listen to these two, these the two drum, speakers. Drums really aren't over here. Yeah. yeah. And it gives you this like fake feeling. Cause I mean, if you listen to two stereo speakers, you hear stuff out here. Right. Yeah. You know, your brain tells you there's something out here and he like, didn't like something about that. The illusion of it yeah. relying on a, on a magic trick or whatever. Yeah. I mean, mono is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Obviously. But it's like, so it's like, there's, I mean, it's like hypocritical cause like obviously I'm recording in stereo and obviously I'm using the computer like crazy, but I spent a lot of time thinking about like, do I like, I want to be, uh, inspired by like lots of old things. Like I'm really inspired by a lot of old things, like right. old films and, uh, old music. But I also don't want to just like make music that tries to sound like it's old. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I would, I wouldn't mind if someone was confused, but like I try to do stuff that like I want it to be like I feel like if you listen to my music I want you to know like to have some idea of when it was created yeah possibly or at I least know that's... like this couldn't yeah like I and there's a lot of people out there like making like fake old music no too and I don't know yeah I think uh, I think that's a fair uh, representation of your music it's you can tell that it's inspired by like old stuff but not you're not you're making modern music in the way you want to it's no, you're not trying to force a yeah a sound or something and i think my album was trying a lot to like play on going from like older sounding film score type stuff to like a lot of tracks like start like that and then as the album progresses and sometimes as some of the tracks progress, it's like they sort of shift and right. sort of like collapse or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, which is just sort of how I've often felt in relationships and things like that. Like right. just feeling like a lot of like overly romantic feelings into just like existential nothing. crisis. Yeah. yeah. Into nothingness. Yeah. Black hole. And often in the span of a short amount of time and often fully internally, you know, yes. like the other person probably not aware of either end of that spectrum. Right, They're yeah. just like, Oh, we're drinking coffee yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But in my mind, it went from like romance film to like end of the world. Right. 500 like days, 500 days of yeah. bread. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't know. That was a really long explanation for a lot of nothing, but, uh, the sort of stuff I spent a lot of time, thinking about yeah when it comes to music and film um so i'm in the stylized stuff that's the short answer right like i like filmmakers who like i feel like i'm watching a film right i think that's even something that's true in the acting styles like we joke about the transatlantic Uh, accent you know but yeah there was a time period where it was like oh we're like there's sort of this accent that you use when you're in a film right because these aren't real people yeah you know and I like that, like heightened. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like, like you could watch eighties movies and be like, Oh, they're cheesy. But it's like, no, it was just, it's like, it was heightened. People didn't try to act like they weren't trying to act like normal people or real people right. or whatever. Um, it, I think we're in a time of like extreme realism where it's like, Oh, I believe it. You know, this person's yeah. living this, 
Uh, and I, I don't know. It's fine, but I think we could use some more like heightened, aware, intentional Hollywood stuff. Yeah. And a big studio with a big fake set. <laughs> okay. Which is cool to me. Yeah. I like fake stuff in a weird way. Like if it's intentional, you know? Yeah, I get that. There's something to that. There's something like to the idea of like, this is a movie. It's fake. I know. This you is know fake. it, yeah. right? Um, yeah, like a- acknowledging it. But then what you, when it, when there is feeling, like when you're watching a movie like that, when you know it's a film, when it's heightened, but then when something hits, you're like, oh, this is like, this, it, it's not the illusion of life or like. Does it, does it need to be like fourth wall breaking? Is that what you're talking about? With not like, necessarily. I think it could like, just be like, I mean, I think for, that is why like it, there have definitely been, I think, examples I can think of like the movie JCVD. Right. You see that like when he breaks the fourth wall? Yeah. You know, stuff like that I always found really stunning. Um, but I don't think it necessarily has to be breaking the fourth wall. Um, but it's just some just something of like intentionally reminding me that like I don't know, I, I've had the feeling of watching a movie before and losing myself in it. Was and it then, eight mile? And then it what? Eight mile. Eight mile, yeah. Lost I lost yourself. myself in the music. Yeah. The moment. And uh I don't know, like felt invested. And then after it ends, I'm like, oh yeah, that wasn't real. I forgot for a second. Like, I don't know if you ever feel that way. You just like fully get so into something that you forget anything else exists. And then I'm like, I don't know. What did I, like, it was fine. Uh, I mean, video games give me that feeling and that's, that's fine too. I like immersive video games, but I don't know. I don't know. I think I get more out of, at least me personally, like I enjoy the feeling more of when I don't, I am thinking about the fact that it's a film in a sense and, and still, and still experiencing it on like a very, uh, I'm not like fully just like criticizing it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like thinking of it in terms of, is this a good movie? Right. I'm still like having this like experience of the movie going, but I don't know. It sort of can, both things can kind of exist at once. (laughs) Music is like that too. That's true. But like, I don't know. I don't want to like listen to the recording and then feel like I'm in the room. I don't know. I want it to be like a fake room. I feel that. Or give me a hint that it's a fake room. Give me the studio fade or whatever. Studio fade. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these are real, these are things that can't happen in real life or don't happen in real life. I like that kind of stuff. I got you. Give me a, I don't know. There, there, it's like there's just something different between live music and recorded music, and right, and they should be like fully acknowledged and and uh, and played with, and I don't know. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. Uh, wow, yeah, like um, meta type stuff. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, I think some of it is that probably uncanny valley kind of stuff right yeah, yeah, yeah i love that yeah so i think that like when you have these like recordings the world of digital like everything is just so clean yeah and the truth is we don't really like experience that much sound even as clean as they can like record it right they're like in the perfect room 
And it makes sense from sort of efficiency standpoint to record something where you have infinite possibilities of how to deal with it later. Yeah. If we record it in a, you know, perfectly, um, I mean, I guess there's no such thing as like a perfectly, every room does something, but like a room that has few reflections and few natural reverb. It's like, Oh, we, we can add any reverb we want to. Right. We have the full spectrum. Yeah, we got, and we have the full. And the room also has this perfect uh, frequency response. So there's no like, no part of the sound that's too that's too much of a peak or anything like that. So fully, we can EQ it any way we want to. We don't have to like deal with any problems. But that's just not really how you hear music. Yeah, you know, like if I pulled out a snare drum right now and hit it right here you wouldn't hear like a clean signal. You, yeah. It would almost be distorted Yeah, because it's loud and it just would it go around. crazy in here. Yeah. yeah. And I know there's something about the difficulty of like recording in that really clean way and then trying to like give the illusion that it wasn't recorded in the most boring way possible. Right. The most like isolated sterile. perfect way. Yeah. yeah, the sterile, cold way. Yeah. Um, it does lead to that like uncanny valley thing where you it can it's like it and it's not really you know aware or honest or something yeah where a lot of times if i don't know you can hear recordings that someone made on their phone that can sound you know incredible yeah yeah uh yeah we don't uh record to like a click track or anything just because it's uh i don't know it doesn't work for us but yeah so sure. that's we do everything live, but uh, I've heard, you know, this is a normal thing, um, but I've heard, you know, bands recordings and they're very good. I'm like, oh shit, they sound. There's like chemistry here, but yeah. then watch them live, and I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of post production done. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird, it's weird for everything to be. So recording heavy and then to have to deal with like, what does that mean when you play it live? Yeah. And sort of trying to realize that there's just a difference. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And some things won't work and some things, you know, only work in different situations. But, um, yeah, I, I, I still feel like the best recordings use some more of like an older approach or at least I shouldn't say the best. I don't think objectively there's like any truth about that. About I don't think there's like an objective truth about sound or anything like that. It's a subjective thing where this like what I like. My favorite recordings are the ones where the performances are good and they were able to capture yeah. a performance. And um, like performance over fidelity. Like I'd much rather hear a great performance recorded on someone's phone than hear yeah. the most edited Right, yeah. Perf, you know, trash from whatever pop singer because they were in the best studio and they got yeah. the best engineer or whatever. Um, that That's important to me. A lot of people, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think people value performance that much because you can get away with just, yeah. you can fix everything, you know. It's true. Get it in post. Yeah, you can do everything in post. And, we, and we're sort of, we were at a point where just like we record the sterile sounds like films as well are made where, you know, they, 
everything says intentionally flat as possible. So it's like, oh, we have the most color opportunities right. when we go to edit. Yeah. We have the most everything. There's less there are less decisions made, you know, when it's when it's right being made or whatever. Right. Um I kind of like always liked it where I liked more when I would hear about, oh yeah, this they knew when they went to shot to shoot this that like these were the colors they wanted to have and mm. they they designed all of it perfectly and they made these decisions and were ultimately like stuck with them. Yeah. For better or for worse. Right. And at least for me, like when it came to recording, I spent a lot of time researching things like how do I make this sound good? Yeah. And it's just like I don't even know what that means, you know, like, right. what does that, what does that mean? How do you make the acoustic guitar sound good? It's like you end up making the most boring, like you can read about the most ideal way to, to do it, but it's like, it should all be just based on like what works for what you're doing, Yeah, which should be based on your ear. There's techniques to use and you can start with those and, but you should like never just be going like, well, the book said the to book do this. Said, the internet, right. the sub, the message board. He said, get this things, turn it to do, turn these knobs, whatever. Yeah, it's like I wasted a lot of time, a lot of time doing stuff like that. And yeah, uh, there's something about like knowing, oh, I want it to sound this way. Yeah, it might be a, that might be a good starting point, but that's not that shouldn't be the rule. You know what I'm saying? Right. Where it's uh, like, oh, if this is the sound that I, you know, whatever fucking. I, w- I want the uh, system of a down fucking chop suey guitar yeah. sound, you know, yeah. how, how'd they do it? And look that up and then, yeah. You know. But even if you're just going like, oh, I want the system of a down sound, like that's a good place to start compared to like, I feel like I didn't even have ideas the system that of clear. Down sound? I wasn't, no, I wasn't even like, I want to sound like this person. I would just be like, how are you supposed to record this thing? Oh, I gotcha. You know, and it's like so broad. Yeah. But I feel like I'm the opposite now. Where I'm like, you know what you want. Yeah, I'm like trying to, and I would rather record it and go, okay, that wasn't it. Yeah, let's do it Next again. Thing. Yeah, then just to be like, no, I'm gonna record everything, the most you know sterile way possible. Right, and, and do it all later. Um, it just doesn't really appeal to me. Right. Um, I don't know. It all, all of that kind of just sounds boring to me. Like people. Yeah. I mean, everything I'm saying sounds boring. I'm sure, but. Uh, <laughs> Just yeah, I don't know. I like the idea of people being like artists and people making decisions. Yeah, you got to find your and own having thing. things where they're like, "This is what I'm gonna do," and you're right. like, "Yeah, maybe it didn't work, but it's cool that they had like a point of view." Right. And uh, there's just so much bad stuff out there. Yeah. And we just have so much, you know, the airwaves, uh, the sonic spaces are just flooded, flooded. with music. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Literally, when you go anywhere, you have to hear people like playing stuff on their cell phone or whatever. And I don't know. I try to just be a little bit more conscious about like if I'm going to make sound, I want to like think about it a lot. Yeah. Even whether it's like playing live or making recordings or whatever. Right. You know, I spent a lot of time. I've played in like a lot of situations where I was just. I hated the music and yeah. I would, you know, it would be like a gig that I had or I was playing with someone as a favor. Right. You know, I'm sure everyone who plays music said the experience where like a friend gets them to play and then you're like, Oh, this isn't good, but right. I got to do it. And I kind of realized now, like 
if you're going to play, like, think about why you're doing it. Because you are sort of, you're creating an environment where people can hear you. Right. Potentially they can't hear other things. So it's kind of like a big deal. Yeah. In terms of like you're you're ultimately taking up space. So if you're going to do that, you shouldn't be sitting there thinking like this is dumb. Yeah. And if you do, then don't play. Right. But if yeah. you're going to play, like at least find some way to like have some like respect for what you're doing. Right. Like think about it, romanticize it or something to make it right. feel good. Like that's what I'll try to do now. If I'm in a situation where I hate what I'm playing, <laughs> I think about like, Oh, the sounds coming out and it's like hitting these yeah, things and it's, it's never going to exist. This is never going to exist again. Yeah. Even if someone records it, it's not going to be the same thing as like right. what's happening right now based on where the people are, whatever. And then that like makes me feel good yeah. compared to just being like, oh, why am I playing right. this trash? I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think we've, I think we're done. I think we've peaked. Okay. We're doing, done. I was going to go for like <clears throat> two more. Two I'll more rant. Hours. I'll rant about sound for like forever. <laughs> Do you, uh, that's the fun thing about a podcast is like yeah, man. in day-to-day life I start talking about this and people are like person just walks away just walks yeah. yeah but a podcast you're kind of stuck yeah uh, yeah uh, do you have any parting words or wisdom or anything to bestow um, well since I'm on my soapbox right um, I'd say all that stuff matters. I think like sound matters and it like affects you a lot. Yeah. It causes like a lot of, it can cause a lot of anxiety. I don't know if you've ever been disturbed by a sound before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you've probably woken up to an alarm yeah. going off and the, the panic and yeah. the, the very real things. So it's like, if you're a musician, think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Try to like figure out what, that means is a good sound, bad sound. Yeah. Should you be playing that acoustic guitar at that party that no one asked you to play at? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you whip that guitar on to start blasting people with Wonderwall. It's a great are song. you really are you really like respecting the the space the sonic space? Yeah. You're probably not. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Right. But maybe if you feel good about it. Um but I always was just disturbed by people like that. Yes. And I never agree. understood that part of like being a musician. It goes back to being self-aware. Yeah. I, I just always like, even when my parents or someone would be like, come and play, play for the yeah. family or whatever, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No. Uh, I always was just, I always had this thought process of like, I only wanted, for some reason when I was young, I wanted to be good. And I just thought it meant nothing to have your family tell you you're good. So, like, what was the point of playing for them? Right. Because yeah. you know they're going to say, like... You're good. Oh, you're the, you're so good. Right. You're like, this could be trash, whatever. Right. But at any rate, yeah. Think about sound. Think about how it affects you. How it affects, affects your world. Yeah. Um, maybe you'll, like, find out that there's some sound that causes you discomfort yeah. in, your, in your space. And maybe you'll figure out how to how to get rid of it that you yeah. can do yeah. you know if you need to move to a place that's less noisy yeah 
it's bad for you, so yeah. Damn. Wow. Wow. Well, Brad, uh, you had options, but you decided to talk to me. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for doing this again. Namaste. Namaste. I, I honor, <laughs> I respect the God within you. <laughs>